0: Okay, so I have a question for you. Okay. Have you ever had an insane amount, like a long to-do list on a particular day? Yes. But you spent all day being lazy and like binge watching a random show. Yeah, it's the worst. And then when your boyfriend or partner or spouse comes home, you pretend like you were super busy that day and you got a lot of work done.
1: I personally cannot relate to this scenario because I have no shame
0: to like disclose that you were just super lazy.
1: Correct. I don't want to be with you if you're going to judge me on right. that, <laughs> but I can attest to most people in my life behave that way. They for some reason have this like shame both internally and externally right? of not completing anything on their task list and instead just binge watching shows like that's shame for a lot of people I'm not sure why I embrace it
0: <laughs> you just you're just like this is what it is I was just super lazy today but and, yeah for right. some
1: reason it's a really
0: shameful thing for people so the feeling of shame this is cognitive dissonance and it's when you are conflicted with your with your ideas of what you have to be or do versus your internal needs and your internal feelings.
1: Okay, so I'm going to bring up the definition of cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. Tongue twister. (laughs) Cognitive dissonance is the discomfort a person feels when their behavior does not align with their values or beliefs it's a psychological phenomenon that occurs when a person holds two contradictory beliefs at the same time reading that i think this happens more often than not the issue is that we're walking around not aware of it not aware that this conflict is happening within us right and therefore unaware that the consequences, mm-hmm. which happen externally, mm-hmm. are a direct result of our own issue.
0: Yeah, exactly. Put yourself in, in that moment where you're feeling guilt. Let's say you want to eat really healthy. You want to go to the gym, but you had a really bad junk food day and you miss a workout. You just feel you know what you're doing is wrong. But you also want to do it. But then you start feeling guilty. And then that guilt often turns into anxiety. And often turns into self-shame. And then that just cycles downward the next day. Instead of being aware that, okay, maybe I just had a bad day. There's nothing wrong with it. Let's restart tomorrow and have a better day. You get you get swallowed in your shame and your guilt and your whatever you're feeling you get swallowed in those cognitive
1: distance can externalize itself through defense mechanisms <laughs> well, let's use the gym working out yeah as the example you said to your partner because you want to be held accountable all good things that how you start off your day hey i'm gonna go to the gym today i'm gonna be a good person today i'm gonna do i'm gonna accomplish good things and then you don't do anything on your task list you internalize that shame and externally it shows up as you assuming your partner's gonna judge you you start getting defensive towards them it could even extend itself into the things that you consume through social media, you start seeing people being more motivated than you are. The fitness influencers, you start attacking them yeah. because who are you to be yeah. so motivated? You're so full of yourself, right? This is how it can externalize itself because of an issue that was self-grown. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're projecting your own insecurities and your feelings of doubt onto others and there's a downward spiral we talked about this a couple days ago where you were in a specific situation and i i told you the stimuli that happen in our lives right whenever an action happens to us our control is our reaction to that right and so i want to just the reason i'm bringing this up is when you have moments when you feel like something happened so you you have a you have a moment of feeling guilty or you have a moment of your partner projecting their guilt onto you your behavior and the way you react in that moment tells you everything about yourself yes and so if you're aware of these certain topics if you're aware of oh you know what Cynthia had maybe mentioned to me that she was on a health kick and maybe me kind of bringing up the fact that she hasn't gone to the gym today might trigger something or maybe the fact that I did bring it up did trigger something this is why Cynthia is kind of attacking me at at the moment instead of me turning around and saying Cynthia what the f like chill the f out why are you talking to me like that Instead of taking it personally, I can say, well, Cynthia, you know what? Don't worry about it. You just had a bad day. Tomorrow's going to be a better day. You know, I could encourage you to change those feelings and not take your your defense mechanism and not take your anger that you're projecting onto me personally. So you
1: as the recipient of the projection Mm -hmm. of the person who hasn't done the work within themselves... By you controlling your reaction, you're helping them grow too because you're showing patience, you're showing understanding, and maybe they're going to look toward themselves and go, huh, this person didn't judge me the way I thought that they would. They didn't react the way I thought they would because my assumption was that I need to be defensive because this person is just way too motivated in their day and da-da-da-da-da. And so maybe it's going to help them learn too. So it is a two-way street. You can't just put all the accountability on the person who hasn't developed that self-awareness.
0: Yeah, I I really believe, or I'm, I'm not really believe because it's just something I've recently, I'm working on. And it's instead of telling my partner or my spouse what I continuously like nagging or pointing out flaws... I want to be, through my actions and through my own behavior, I want to be the best partner that I think I can be. And I want to display the behavior that I expect and I want from my partner. I want to display those characteristics. How much of that... Behavior of
1: yours, do you think will have a positive influence on someone who hasn't reached the same growth journey as you?
0: You know what? I think behavior is addictive. I think so too. Spend a few days with a really negative person. The most optimistic person will start shifting their mindset. Or even if you don't shift your mindset, you start feeling for some reason when you wake up, you just feel a little bit. Lowering in your mood, you feel a little bit more grumpy, you feel a little bit more short. Now, spend two, three days with people who are optimistic, who are motivated, who are encouraging. And then all of a sudden, your vocabulary starts changing, your mindset starts changing. Our own actions and the way we control our own behavior is so telling of how we want others to treat us. I think this is how
1: parents end up trying to shelter their kids from friends they deem not positive influencers.
0: I wouldn't say lack of exposure is healthy because the whole idea of the, the premises of what we're talking about is stimuli happen all around you. You have to learn to control your behavior. You have to learn to know that you are in charge of your life. And the minute you come to terms with the fact that a lot of crap that happens to us, it's actually in our hands. Stop taking this approach of like, well, this happened to me or this guy treated me this way or this lady treated me this way or I'm unlucky with my boss. And instead of speaking like that change shift your mindset and say what have I done in this situation to be where I am and how can I change that and so it's actually good to be exposed to certain things I would want as a parent I would want my kids to be exposed to Billy the bully who you know has a certain way of talking uh, maybe aggressive behavior because that's a learn, that's a teaching moment think about what Billy's going through Now, this has happened. Billy has said this to you. Now, let's figure out why this has upset you. Let's figure out how you're going to approach the situation with Billy. So I think exposure is actually good. Like not exposing yourself to shit is just it's also not realistic.
1: That's how they're able to develop a skill set. For me,
0: it happens on a day to day basis, doesn't it? So many people display this.
1: So many. So many of us. One of the first examples I was thinking of when you brought this up Mm -hmm. was the very popular topic of avoidance. Avoidance comes from a set of attachment styles that was developed through psychology. And I'm not sure exactly how many attachment styles are. I think there's four. But the two that stand out the most to the general public are anxious attachment and avoidant attachment. And anxious attachment is pretty much exactly how you would predict it. It's people who get very anxious with their partner when their partner is not giving them constant reassurance or signs that they are there for the long haul. And so... A person who has that anxiety will attach themselves in a very negative way to that other person. On the flip side, an avoidant attachment style. And before I get into that, I'm going to reread a line from this definition of cognitive dissonance. It's a psychological phenomenon that occurs when a person holds two contradictory beliefs at the same time. So this stuck out to me because avoidants want to be with their partner. They most often do see a future with their partner. They love their partner in most cases. But internally, there is a completely separate dialogue happening. And I'm not an avoidant, but I can speak to what I've learned through social media and avoidance speaking on social media about their attachment style. Internally, they are trying to battle away from the confinement of a relationship. They are not comfortable with security. The security that a loving, healthy relationship can bring. That whole idea scares them away. So the avoidant part is, it's not that they're trying to avoid their partner specifically, it's they're trying to avoid settling into something firm, something secure, something that has longevity. They do want that, but there is that piece of them inside of them that is rejecting that. It's almost like, what is secure for an anxious attachment does not feel secure for them.
0: Well, there's underlying reasons for that, right? Like the underlying reasons are because generally they've been let down by uh, secure relationships. You flee before you get hurt. Exactly. So you gotta you gotta make sure your wall is up, your heart's got protected, guarded, and an exit strategy.
1: So they're Defense mechanism is almost a way to self-regulate. Them escaping commitment to a relationship is them self-regulating, that contradictory
0: belief. Well, they're testing you, right? Assuming that they want to be with you, assuming that they actually see a future with you. And let's say they're testing you and they're saying, oh, you know what, fine, like you have a fight, let's say, and they're just like, whatever, let's just end it. Obviously, this isn't working, This is them subconsciously testing you because they're trying to see how committed you are to them. And instead of having a mature, calm, rational discussion of, you know, this argument is just making me feel really insecure. I kind of need a little bit more reassurance throughout these phases in our relationship. Instead of having conversations like that, they test you. And here's the funny part. As I experience different things in my life, I think you're allowed to be or have different attachment styles throughout different phases of your life. Because the person who's healing or going through a healing phase is going to have very different attachment styles than the person who has healed or a person who was never broken. I don't think you're one or the other. I don't think in any, even in you know personality traits and tests and things like that, it's extremely incorrect to like say you're only this way. You're always a mix of things, but maybe you display more behavior and more traits of an avoidant or anxious. Maybe throughout different phases of your life, that balance kind of changes a bit, like the percentages and the proportions kind of realign a little bit because it's just your way your your mind's way of protecting you, of coping when you have a cold, your immune system is running at a different speed and it's producing different T T cells versus when you're you're perfectly fine.
1: I would agree with that. I would say you can't say someone who is an avoidant in their twenties is mm-hmm. an avoidant for life. In our twenties, how we used to call some guys players. If you met them in your thirties, could they be a changed person? Sure. Yeah. Was that just a phase? Maybe.
0: Yeah. And it's fair to say that some people might go through a phase like for 20 years. Yeah. (laughs) Because they just haven't done the work to get out of that. Or maybe they're okay with where they are in
1: life. It's intention dependent. I mean, wouldn't you say that that's the difference between whether or not you can call someone an asshole or not? It's intentional. Oh, like if they have intent of
0: hurting you?
1: Yeah. If they get off on hurting people, if that's part of the... But that could be a coping mechanism too.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think that's coping. Coping mechanism is something that you're doing to heal yourself. Yes, but what if to they were... yourself.
1: What if they were psychologically damaged in their growing years? No. And what if they were hurt by someone? So what... And how, so in, in their 20s, all they want to do is
0: hurt people. No, that's not a coping mechanism because if you're aware of it... If you're aware that you're doing something intentionally... And I'm not talking about after the fact. I'm not talking about you hurt someone. They they shed light on your behavior and you turn around and said, oh, gosh, after self-reflecting, you're right. I did kind of hurt you and I'm so sorry. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, I know what I'm about to say to you right now is going to kill you. And not only do I I'm okay with saying it, but I get pleasure. That's. That's a, little, that's a little effed up. That's a little effed up. I'm not going to lie. For me, that borders a bad person. I was cheated on. And who hasn't been at this point, right?
1: Everyone's been cheated on. I mean, I don't know if I've been cheated on. Right. But that's a whole other thing because I don't. It's, it's such a common thing now. Okay, I'm going to share a personal reflection mm-hmm. to defend something that you just accused okay. people of because I'm taking personal offense to it right now. Okay. (laughs) So I was cheated on in the past. Mm -hmm. And it hurt me quite a bit. This was at a time in my life where everyone around me was falling in love, getting engaged, getting married and having babies. It was that two to three year timeline. timeline. Yeah. The juxtaposition of what I was going through.
0: Like what you did there.
1: of what I was going through versus what was surrounding me was quite stark. At the same time, the girlfriends that I had that were in relationships getting married, they'd been in relationships for quite some time. They were also at this point where they would complain about future husband-to-be. I'm sitting here in this terrible position. Why are you even complaining? Like, you should want to be in love. You should, you know... So, I didn't have a very good perspective on healthy relationships. Right. It was at this point that I was kind of in this mental state of, I don't think a healthy relationship exists. I really thought that. Right. I thought that literally anyone that was smiling and happy or getting married, they were pretty much half faking it. Right. Or in, three to five years, they were going to be miserable. I was trying to seek attention from men. Like that was my coping mechanism. Right? How do I become desirable again? So I had launched myself back into this phase that most people should have in their 20s. Of I, I prioritized sex appeal. I prioritized getting the attention of men. And my thinking at the time was, I don't care who the attention comes from, whether they're single or married, I want it. I want to win the attention. Right Now, I never went down that road with anyone in a relationship, but internally, I had that dialogue constantly going, I bet you this girl's man would cheat. I bet you in five years, he's going to cheat on her. The toxic view that I had toward
0: relationships was just beyond measure. Earlier, we were talking about the intent of wanting to hurt someone. And so we're at a point now where you're at this very low point in your life and your self-worth is broken, almost non-existent. And because you're deprived of that, so intensely any breadcrumb from anywhere you'll pick you'll take it and you'll hold on to it and and you're you're proud that you're able to do it because it's kind of like a hey I can I can get this from this guy and I can get that from that guy and and it's a little like notch on your belt to falsely improve your self-worth exactly okay I had complete disregard for the other people okay so here's where i would challenge what i said and what you said everything you just said was a you thing it was all about you felt so low and you had to do certain things to make yourself feel better none of those things required for you to intentionally go out of your way to hurt someone to feel better now Hold, I know where you're going with it because like you're saying yeah but like let's say the thought of breaking up a marriage and this guy giving me the attention that made you feel good but it wasn't the marriage breaking up that made you feel good it was the attention you were getting that made you feel good right and so what I'm saying is when someone gets off on hurting someone my ex <laughs> some people who mentally go out of their way to hurt you, they actually get off on hurting you. That's a really good point. And it makes them feel like they get their dopamine hits from that. What you're talking about is you feeling good and the action of it could have right. caused, it was a consequence of it. Right. I didn't want
1: everyone else to suffer with me. Mm-hmm.
0: I I just wanted
1: the attention yes. and I had disregard yes. For the pain that it would cause others. But to
0: your point, I definitely know women who get off. Yeah. And their sole purpose is to break, to cause disruption. And they actually get a high from the drama. Right. They get a high from it. Right. Now, I'm not going to say, sorry, I didn't mean to make it all about women, but like even men, I'm sure do this too. But the example I'm thinking of was a female. So it's, it's crazy to me because I just think, how can you, how can you do that to someone? But then, you know, when I think of all of this and where I am in my life, when I see behavior like that now, I just have to take a step back and say, "Ooh, like, what have you gone through? It's a damaged person. How are you this? How are you this person? And it's interesting
1: that you brought up the person that wants to just win. Because mm-hmm. I was also thinking about that when we were talking about avoidance. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make the distinct difference between someone who actively is an avoidant, like a true avoidant. There are avoiding the commitment of a relationship because of a deeply hurt internal trauma versus a tease. Yes. Someone who may realize a little too late into dating someone or relationship that they actually just wanted to win that person once they're through that high of I've got this person they have to figure out a way to escape that commitment that is not an avoidant that's someone who's addicted to the high of winning someone yeah
0: there's and a distinct
1: difference between the two.
0: I think this display of behavior is is carried out both in men and women in different ways. I think it's carried out in men when men are like, oh, this girl's out of my league. I want to I see if I can get her. But then as soon as he gets her, he's like in his mind, his ego, he got the hit and he's like, whatever, I'm done. Now I think I can get next girl, right? Again, guys. I don't I'm not saying every single man but I'm just saying this is how I've seen that display this behavior displayed in men and then whereas women it's the attention yeah it's that instant it sounds really bad but yeah it's you know when you walk in a room and you know you can get that guy's number you just know and I think a lot of us just want to feel desired yeah
1: And depending on how much trauma you have inside, you need
0: multiple
1: Mm -hmm. men to want you to feel that. Or you go to further
0: lengths to get that man's attention. You become this like subordinate. You you do everything in a full on trying to please them. And then it's like, it doesn't work. How many times are we so nice to people and it just doesn't work? If the person doesn't want to be nice back to you, no amount of homemade cooking no amount of bjs no amount of like tender loving care and niceness is gonna get you that man they just don't love you that's and it's they don't want you and it's the same thing with women i was watching love love is blind sweden there was a girl there and she matched with a guy who is this like really really nice guy like you're typical definition of a nice guy like wakes up and he's like good morning the love of my life can I make you breakfast and like hand and foot massages and oh I'll relocate for you this like really really nice guy and the girls like stop being nice stop being nice to me I think she's saying that because a lot of us hate the fake nice well this guy didn't come across as fake but as she was talking like that I was getting the cringe like I was like oh like imagine you're Be- with someone who is just overly nice.
1: I don't like the overly nice at the beginning stage because mm. you don't know me exactly. Why are you displaying these yeah motions of
0: affection, actions? When you don't know me, right. it's fake to me. That's a really good point. That's a, actually, I think that is what's cringy. It's it's not the fact that he's being nice. It's the fact that he's being nice after knowing her for two weeks. That's what it is. It, and that's cringy. It is. We're, it we've is. got a planet full of a billion like you people. Know no, I get it. And I maybe that's where the fakeness comes from of like, how do you agree to move your life? And just instantly, you have to treat
1: people with respect. You have right. to treat the courting period with respect, but don't act like I'm the one for you if you have no idea who the f I am. That bothers me so intensely. I just, I just don't get it. Like, is what? Where's your bar for like? Would you just marry me, not knowing who the man. hell yeah. I am? Yeah. <laughs> I want a deep relationship. Yeah, I want to know. I, I want to know who you are mm-hmm. to figure out if we actually like each other. Yeah, is that not something on your checklist for if you want to date someone? Do I like this person? That's the first thing on my checklist. Yeah. So I need to get to know you before you start acting like you're in love with me. And yeah, so for all the men out there who are like, oh, well, if we're nice in the beginning, you guys get all upset. But that's the reason, dude. I want you to know me. I want this, these feelings that you have for me, the way you're treating me, to be genuine. It's not if you don't know me.
0: I think you have just cracked this whole premise of nice guys finish last. Because it's not that we don't want nice guys. It's that you're being nice way too early. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... And I don't think this is being mean. I think it's just
1: raising. This is for you. Mm -hmm. I want the man to be happy in the relationship. How are you going to know if you're going to be happy if you don't know who the woman is? And it
0: it makes me lose a little bit of like respect for the person as well. Because I'm like, what are your values that you're willing to give them up so easily to please Exactly. Like, (laughs) (laughs) what? Again, like... I don't I want, like a strong foundation,
1: yeah, I don't want to be in a relationship with yeah. someone who is just
0: is gonna take
1: anyone they can get, yeah, that's worse, oh my God to yeah. me than being someone's second option mm-hmm.
0: well, yeah,
1: oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. debatable debatable <laughs> <laughs> I have been a number of times someone's second option, and oh God, it's the worst
0: i've I've also been there, I've been there i there was a particular guy who's a dear friend. Who's a good friend, actually. But I think he ends. He ended up being a good friend because him and I just never worked out. But ages ago, I'm like, this is like almost like a decade ago, maybe. We had like a little thing between us. And he ended up getting back together with his ex-girlfriend in the middle of us having like this little thing. And it always made me feel like I was second. It was so difficult for me to even entertain the idea of being with him again like down the line because I think I just always felt insecure because it's like if you know me and you and I'm not I'm not talking about love if this is worth something there is no way in the world I would be your second reach right you are right I just, I, I'm sorry but I don't, I'm not
1: sure who could argue with that the last guy I was with He went back to his ex after he was with me.
0: Do you think you were like a transition
1: period or like a rebound? I don't know. And to be honest, I don't really care. The only thing that mattered to me is that he knew me and got to know me for over a year. Or I thought. Yeah. But he, we did. We shared moments together. We shared our personality yeah but that doesn't
0: mean he in his mind he was really absorbing it he was present right okay fair point like your view of the memories right i promise you are different than his view right that's a good point but i think what bothered
1: me most in the end is he kept saying good things about me and how he was always torn between me and this other girl and i'm like oh he's a player and i i kept saying to him from the moment i met you You are my first choice. And I know what that feels like. I know a person, a human being is capable of seeing someone like that. So if you don't see me like that, I am not for you. There should never be a, oh, is this person for me? In The Bachelor, I get it. It's a TV show. It takes place over a couple of weeks. In the end, he's trying to make a decision between two people. I actually think that's closer to reality than we all think because he doesn't know the two people fully. So I can see how you could be conflicted yeah. between two people. But in my scenario with, with my ex, like he knew me for over a year and he still went back to his ex. You've you made a
0: decision at that point. Okay. We just said, how do you know... This person is the one act like you're sure about them when you don't even know them. We just said this, right? Right. So where I'm going with this is, is there a space where there's a possibility that you made a decision early on that he was the one for you when you didn't actually know him? No, because
1: in my scenario, and I can say this very confidently, Mm -hmm. I know myself better than he knows himself. And so in our scenario, I was able to identify that I liked him immediately based on the fact that I know myself and I know what I'm looking for.
0: But he I know, wasn't anything you were looking for. I, no,
1: he was. He was. His personality is everything I was looking for. In the end, I realized he didn't know himself as much as I knew myself. So he doesn't know what he's looking for. Okay. If he knew himself like I did, I think he would have seen me as someone that he should have in his future. I still but disagree with
0: that. I, I, I know we're. I know we disagree on it, yeah. but like. I still disagree because I think the person that he was, and we've talked about this a few times, I think the person that he is, not was, the person that he is, is very different than the person that you described to me that you want. Now, I don't know what you want. I'm just going based off of everything you're saying. But when you tell me, like when I say like, what's your ideal guy and what does this person look like and what are the traits that they have? And then I kind of compare that to what he resembled. And again, this is all based on his actions. Facts. Mm -hmm. He didn't display any of those.
1: So for the listeners out there, we constantly argue about where the priorities should be when you're looking for a man. You place some higher priorities in some areas. And I place some higher priorities in in others. I think at the end of the day, we always end up saying the same thing. We want to love the person themselves. But I do think that I place a higher priority in literally just the person, isolated from how they treat me, from how they treat others, from all of those things a lot of people look for. I literally just look at the person and I'm like, yep,
0: but even based on that.
1: Yeah, but it, based on that, that's he was my perfect match. I know that's, I know how you view it, but like I also think some of your See, priorities I, that you have
0: when you're looking for men forget, are. I'm not comparing, because I know we're very different. I'm not no, comparing I'm not, your thing with my thing. We're very, very different. I 100%. <laughs> And it's not even like I'm I'm removing myself out of the equation fully because I will never be able to say like Cynthia this is how I think and and it's not even fair for you to think the same way we're completely different people but I'm just saying like based on what you've told me you want in a human being in mm-hmm. a life partner mm-hmm. he himself did not possess those as a person and so like yeah. you thought he did yeah, and then now we're identifying that he actually did didn't because I know you want someone who is trustworthy I right. know you want someone who is faithful <laughs> I know you want someone who
1: is honest right and I think that's what it comes down to that the honesty in hindsight was the big in, in in hindsight is what
0: and it's not even the honesty with, with how he was with you right it's the honesty with himself yeah and so this is why I'm, I'm wondering how you decided that this person was so one hundred percent your person because him
1: as a person, everything that you he, thought that that I know
0: because we know. No, okay, but just wait. No, so
1: so everything you said, the 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 honesty, all of that stuff, that was in his control at that time. That is what changed. Okay, so if he was a person that knew himself and that identified me as his partner. I think since the beginning, he would have done all of those things properly. He would have been honest to me. He would have committed to me. He would have respected me. He would have done all of those things and been that person. But but it's because
0: he did. I disagree, disagree me. With that. Your traits and your values and your your morals should not be shifted should not from and that's person why person, yeah. because they that's why they're your morals right and so like you can't wake up one day and say i'm gonna be this person today and my right. more and so, i'm gonna treat this person this no, way and yeah no respect if you have respect for yourself right you will treat everyone with a certain level of respect and so this is where i'm gonna push back and challenge you on that and this is this is something we again i know we mentioned that we argue about this because i i i can't f- I can't understand where I could understand back then why you had this like thing for him because of how he portrayed himself. Right. But I can't understand now that you still feel that Have way. Have that view.
1: Well, I think part of it is me defending myself because
0: Cognitive
1: I... Cognitive dissonance. Yeah, no, but I don't <laughs> think I'm a person that... Can't identify someone on first meet. I I I I think no, that but I can't can we
0: can we also I'm so glad you said that because can we also make it okay for the women out there that because you had a bad judgment in one person, don't question yourself. Right. You did not you did not misread him. Right. You did not have bad judgment you did not like put on your rose rosy shades and just ignored the red flags same with me with some of the experiences i've had same with some of the women out there can we not do that to ourselves because the worst thing we do after a breakup is we sit there and we hit ourselves over the head because we say how did i miss this you start questioning yourself you start questioning your self judgment and once you start questioning that part you're fucked don't I do that. that don't do that to yourself that's a great point to make everything you believed is because he made you believe them he said things to you or he gave you little breadcrumbs to make you feel that way and you were you were misled you didn't misunderstand you didn't like mistake things you didn't uh, you were blind to things you were misled that's on him that's not on you and so your action right now going back to the beginning of this podcast is your control right now is how you treat the situation at hand and you're allowed to sit there you have every single right I'm gonna say right because we talked about this last night because you're like I don't think I'm entitled to this you have every single right to sit here and say I was misled and that's okay because at the end of the day, I'm a good person and I like to trust people and that's okay and I'm going to continue doing this way because this is what I'm choosing to do. Have confidence
1: in your ability to grow mm-hmm. and analyze your own issues because we've all got issues.
0: We all got issues.
1: Some of us have cognitive distance.
0: We all got some some (laughs) okay so just to wrap things up what are some of our takeaways have and amar say sassy amar say (laughs) sassy